program. This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. The American flag is down. The Taliban flag is up. Over the capital of Afghanistan. And what was happening in the West in the meantime? Helping the Taliban to help Afghanistan. That's what a charismatic leader of the German left said. The U.N. Secretary General Guterres implored the Taliban to act with restraint. A Western country that was present with its army until February in Afghanistan, New Zealand, on the day of the fall of Kabul, was committed to overthrowing the portrait of Winston Churchill from Parliament. Perfect, perfect timing, removing those who warned the West to refrain from appeasement on the day of defeat. The U.S. president was locked up in Camp David, while the so-called orderly evacuation from Kabul airport turned into a horror film, with American soldiers having to shoot in the air to dissuade Afghans from boarding the last plane, departing, and U.S. Chief of Staff Mark Milley confessing to the United States Senate that we will leave behind tens of thousands of people. Even the New Yorker, The magazine of the liberal elites had this headline. It is the end of the American era. The end of the American era. The French ambassador was fleeing by helicopter. One of the saddest images ever seen of Afghanistan, said the BBC correspondent. British ambassador Nick Kay confessed to the BBC, I bow my head in shame. Shame is on the front page of every British newspaper today. But just two months ago, the U.S. Embassy in Kabul tweeted the rainbow flag in celebration of military wokeness. Today, that $700 million embassy is gone, and its place, and in its place, the Taliban have built the Islamic Emirate. While a wave of migrants prepares to engulf Europe in strategic retreat, a Taliban leader announced on CNN that, quote, jihad will arrive not only in Afghanistan, but all over the world, unquote. So while the taking of Kabul will be a tornado for radical Islam around the world, in the West, in the so-called free world, there is an unhealthy air of betrayal and exhaustion, and I might add, Shame. Welcome to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. That was an excerpt from a piece by Julio Miotti, who happens to be an Italian journalist and writes a twice-weekly column for Arut Sheva Israel National News. He is an amazing and perceptive writer, and I shared his thoughts with you, together with the quotes that set the stage for today's program. The American flag down, the Afghan or the Taliban flag up, and America, the end of the American era. Viewpoint does determine destiny, friends, and we're seeing it happen right in front of our eyes. We're going to take a look at this uh, Afghanistan apocalypse. It is kind of a precursor to the apocalypse, quite frankly. 
Apocalypse means unveiling, and today we're going to attempt to unveil some of the implications of the fall of Afghanistan and where it is heading politically, where it is heading spiritually, and where it is heading prophetically. It's so good to have you on board. Today, we grieve that so many people will be left behind. So many people are going to suffer death, destruction, and women are going to suffer inscrutable, unforgivable terror acts. All because of inept and even deceptive American presidential leadership. Hate to put it so bluntly, friends, but that's exactly where it is, and even liberal newspapers are seeing the light. They actually are. It's amazing when a liberal newspaper that we have just quoted, the New York, the New Yorker magazine, calls it the end of the American error, era, what it's basically saying is that under the dominion and control the so-called leadership of Joseph Biden, America has now forfeited its leadership in the world. On the other hand, one needs to ask the question, why might that be? Again, everybody wants to talk about the who and the what and the where and the when, but the more important questions are usually the why questions. And that's what we're going to focus on later on in the program today. I hope you'll stay tuned, friends, because you're not going to hear, I dare say you will not hear anywhere what you are going to hear here on this program concerning the why of Afghanistan and where it sits in the greater panoply of God's purposes today. No, I'm not going to give you a thus saith the Lord. Not going to pretend to do that because God hasn't spoken directly concerning Afghanistan, just hasn't. On the other hand, Afghanistan sits a unique position. On the west, it is bordered by Iran. On the north, it's bordered by Turkmenistan, Uzbekistan, Tajikistan, and then on the east by Pakistan. Notice all of these stans, and then Iran, On the West. Why is that important? Because the Stans are all Muslim. But they're not the same as Iran. Iran also is Muslim, but they're Persians. Interestingly, Afghanistan has a significant number of Persians. That's part of their background. In fact, the... uh, one of the languages that is spoken there is Persian. Iran, Iran, excuse me, Afghanistan is consisting of Sunni Muslim, 74%, and Shiite Muslim, about 25%. And so they're divided as well. But Afghanistan sits in a unique position, not because of its great economic power because it's one of the poorest of all countries on the planet. So why does it have such significance? Why is it that Russia has gone in there and spent many, many years and walked out in defeat? 
And America's been in there for 20 years and is now walking out in defeat, two of the most powerful countries in the world. What is it with Afghanistan? Why? Where does it fit? Where might it fit in the ongoing panoply of God's purposes and the unveiling of biblical prophecy before the second coming of Jesus Christ? We want to take a look at that here today on Viewpoint. And as we say, Viewpoint does determine destiny. This is not just some neutral thing. Afghanistan is not just some place that uh, prepares a border uh, between uh, Russia and uh, the Islamic world. It's also not just some place that, uh, you know, provides a home for Al-Qaeda, for instance, or the Taliban. I believe it's much more than that. And I hope you'll stay tuned as we talk about it. The U.S. flag lowered, the Taliban flag raised over Afghanistan. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. Welcome back to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. Donald Trump decried one of the greatest defeats in American history amid the Afghan collapse and called for Joe Biden to resign in disgrace. He said what Joe Biden has done with Afghanistan is legendary, and it will go down as one of the greatest defeats in American history. Biden critics, not Joe, not uh, Donald Trump, but Biden critics pointed to his silence that is, Biden's silence amid the tumult in Afghanistan. U.S. Representative Jim Jordan said, America is in crisis. Afghanistan is in chaos. Why is Joe Biden on vacation? Well, he was at Camp David and refused to show his face. Maybe there's a reason he refused to show his face, because, as the Brits said, they are ashamed in Britain, and afraid to show their faces. Well, the Taliban entered Kabul on Sunday night, demanding nothing less than the complete transfer of power, even as against what is renowned and reputed to be the greatest power ever on the face of the planet. Amazing. Utterly amazing. The Taliban have defeated the great leader of the modern Roman Empire, America, the Western world. As the Taliban reportedly prepared to declare an Islamic emirate of Afghanistan from the palace, foreign workers and diplomats, as well as droves of Afghans hoping to escape Taliban rule, thronged the Kabul airport. What a mess it was. What a mess it was. According to the Russian Times, quote, the world has gone COVID mad, unquote. 
Afghans fleeing the Taliban were required to get a negative PCR test to board now-suspended commercial flights out of Kabul. I want you to think about the stupid, the stupidity and foolishness of this, as if COVID presents a greater threat than the Taliban. And the PCR tests aren't even valid because the CDC has already declared that the PCR test cannot discern the difference between the flu and COVID. And therefore, as of December, they have decided to withdraw the PCR test totally. But not until December because they want to be able to prove for political purposes that as the flu season comes on, look how horrible the increase in cases is to require additional lockdowns and mandatory vaccines. Friends, even what is happening in Afghanistan is driven by a kind of corrupt political correctness. Wokeness. Here, just a few months ago, flying the rainbow flag in celebration of queer America. A radical display of blasphemous attack against the creator God who made man and male and female, male and female, he created in his image. Maybe, maybe the God of creation just said, okay, you're that arrogant America. We'll see. And here we are. Just a thought. Well, People clinging to U.S. jets leaving Afghanistan in paralyzing fear. Paralyzing fear. Just trying to get out. But the U.S. says, no, you've got to provide a negative COVID test. So what does CNN do? CNN sympathizes with the Taliban. The Taliban said death to America. Their chants over and over again, death to America. So here's what a CNN reporter said. Oh, those those Taliban, they're mostly friendly. They're fairly friendly. Even as he pointed out their death to America chants. Can you see the absolute absurdity When you sell out your soul to unrighteousness, you gain a reprobate mind and you cannot even think rationally. America has lost its mind. And it has no leadership because the leadership that is currently in place has lost its mind. In more ways than one. This isn't a political commentary here today. This is a revelation of the greater picture of what is taking place in our world in the, in the greater panoply of biblical prophecy and God's purposes, as we shall see as we move forward. So don't give up. According to 
Writer Solange Rayner, President Joe Biden refused to be swayed by his top generals to keep 3,000 U.S. troops in Afghanistan, instead ordering their swift removal, a stubbornness that paved the way for havoc in the country. That report came out in Politico. Biden had a chip on his shoulder and therefore didn't listen to his generals. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin and General Mark Milley hoped for more time and tried to dissuade Biden to keep U.S. forces intact in the country. But Biden was clear. Zero troops meant zero. Now, the Atlantic, which is also a very liberal magazine, reported that when he asked about uh, American obligations to Afghanistan's, like the girl in the Kabul school, Biden replied, listen, this is how Biden replied, saying, F that. We don't have to worry about that. We did it in Vietnam. Nixon and Kissinger got away with it, so so we. In other words, he didn't care. He did not care about the people. All he cared about was getting out. Why? Because getting out from his perspective was necessary, I want you to listen very carefully now, was necessary to pave the way for the new world order. Now you begin to hear it. We're going to talk more about why that is. Pete King former congressman, said somehow Biden was willing to take the chance that this might happen. It collapsed just to satisfy his goal, his drive to make sure we got out by September 11th. He also slammed the administration for allowing people who served as military interpreters to remain behind as the Taliban took control of Afghanistan. He said this is indefensible. It's all on Joe Biden It's a sad day for America. Well, indeed, it is a sad day for America. No question about it. But it's even more of a sad day for America because it reveals that America has given up its leadership in the world. The question, though, is not whether it's given up its leadership in the world, but why. That's the big question. Now, we might get an answer to this from the Russian Times. This will start to give us a clue. Here's the headline. U.S. failure in Afghanistan handed the country to the Taliban, says Moscow, and claims American hegemony declining as Russia and China on the rise. President Vladimir Putin's special envoy told the radio station Echo of Moscow that Washington was trying to make the chaotic events look like a deliberate approach. Those behind these kinds of notions are just trying to uh, justify the failure of the Americans in Afghanistan and to make the case that this is a planned action, he said. But just over a week ago, 
U.S. President Joe Biden batted away concerns that the country would be overrun by the Taliban, saying that the scenario was not inevitable. He argued that there would be no repeat of the fall of Saigon under the Vietnam War in 1975. But in a statement posted on Twitter, the Russian embassy in the U.K. said that, quote, the objective reality is that Washington's comfortable position of U.S. hegemony is receding in the past against the backdrop of the strengthening political positions of Russia and China. May I repeat that? The objective reality is that Washington's comfortable position of hegemony in the world is receding into the past against the backdrop of the strengthening political positions of Russia and China. Moscow has sought to position itself as a deal broker in Afghanistan while the French, British, and American consular missions have been shut down. Now, of what group of people are the French, the British, and the Americans? And also New Zealand, because we've mentioned New Zealand as well. They are all part of what is called the West. What is the West? The West, my friends, is the resurrected Roman Empire. I want you to think about this now. The West is the resurrected Roman Empire. Not China. Not Afghanistan, not Iran, no, it's the Western world. Europe, New Zealand and Australia, which are Western countries, they are all coming from the UK and Europe. South America, all Western countries, all with Roman languages, Romance languages. America and Canada. These are the countries that comprise the West for the most part. You've got Ireland and you've got uh, Iceland and so on. But for the most part, those are the main countries in the UK. They are the resurrected Roman Empire. They are, you see, the Roman Empire never quite disappeared. The hordes came in, yes, that's true, they did. But the Roman Empire itself never disappeared. It just dispersed. The Roman Catholic Church came in and took over the reins of the Roman Emperor. And all of the accoutrements of the Roman Emperor became the accoutrements of the Roman Catholic Church. So the Pope is in a conundrum now. Because he represents in a quasi-governmental, political, spiritual sense, he represents a kind of leadership in the Western world that the Western world looks to for so-called moral leadership. So what is his response to what's happening in Afghanistan? He's calling for talks. Really? Talks? What's that all about? These people aren't interested in talks. If they were interested in talks, they wouldn't have been fighting both Russia and then the U.S. for 20 years 
to take over Afghanistan. They're not interested in talks. They're interested in Muslim domination in the world. That's what they're interested in. And they're surrounded, Afghanistan is surrounded by Muslim nations. The southern, former southern republics of the uh, former southern, uh, of the former uh, Soviet Union. Turkmenistan, Uzbekistan, Tajikistan. And then in addition to that, Pakistan and then Iran, all Muslim countries. These are not countries that have any willingness to do a do do of talks with the West. Where is Pope Francis coming from? In the balance of the program, you'll find out. And it's not just Pope Francis. This is a much, much bigger picture, friends. It has to do with the diminishing of the West so that certain other prophetic groups can rise. We'll be back. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. SaveUS.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at SaveUS.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, SaveUS.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, SaveUS.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archived. Save America Ministries website at SaveUS.org. The objective reality is that the Washington, that Washington's comfortable position of hegemony is receding into the past against the backdrop of the strengthening political positions of Russia and China. The French, the British, the American, all of the nations of the West are losing and are being shut down. As the U.S. flag was lowered over the U.S. Embassy in Kabul, the Taliban flag was raised, and it was a dramatic statement to the world that the U.S. was receding, and if the U.S. recedes, then something else is rising. Even the New Yorker, the magazine of liberal elites, had this headline, it is the end of the American era. It doesn't say it's the end of America, the end of the American era. In other words, the end of American governance in the world. The the primary leadership in the world. And it happened under Joseph Biden. The weakest and most wokest and wokest president ever in the history of our country. I want you to I want you to think about that. Because the people that purportedly elected him are just like him. 
because we elect people like ourselves. Now, you'll argue that he wasn't legitimately elected. Forget about that argument for the moment. By the way, I tend to agree with that, but we're still waiting for the proof to come out, even though it's being fought against uh, tooth and nail. But that argument aside, that the, that the man and his chosen vice president, who even his own party think is utterly and totally foolish, unqualified and foolish, and refused, by the way, even to show her face with regard to this Afghanistan issue. Say, you're not going to pin that one on me. In other words, it's all about her. This is the kind of leadership that the world is seeing in the United States ostensibly elected by the American people who were thought to be morally strong, courageous, uh, thoughtful, powerful. And now look. The world is looking at this and saying, unbelievable. Moscow and Beijing are looking at and they say, this is, this is just unbelievable. These people, this whole country is falling under our dominion with their own stupidity. We're not even going to have to fight. We're not going to have to raise an army against them. They're going to do it. They're going to destroy themselves. That's the modified, that, that's the ultimate version of what the Russian embassy said to the UK. The objective reality, that is the reality on the ground, it's obvious, is that Washington's comfortable position of U.S. leadership, hegemony, is receding into the past against the backdrop of the strengthening political positions of Russia and China. All right. Why is this important? You see, we go to the why question now. It's not just the what. We've been giving you the what and the who and the where, and the when. Now it's time to truly discuss the why. That's why we're bringing this on the program today. Everybody and his brother's talking about Afghanistan. Why should we do it the same way they do? No, there's something more that we're required to do on this program because we're focusing on the issues that touch America's heart and home from God's eternal perspective, not from the world's perspective, not from political correctness perspective, not from the Republican Party perspective or the Democratic Party perspective or any other perspective like that. So where does this fit in the bigger panoply of God's purposes and biblical prophecy? And here's what I believe is taking place. Afghanistan is a nothing nation to the world. It's small fry. It has no economy worth being envious of. It has no power brokers worthy of being envious of. So why? It's because, friends, it stands in the midst of a growing power structure. Power grab in the world. 
and end-time prophecy is going to be fulfilled around and over this battle for end-time power. Ultimately, it's called the battle for King of the Mountain. And if you don't have my book, King of the Mountain, I urge you to get it. It will help you to get a better perspective on what is really taking place. No, it doesn't talk about Afghanistan. It talks about the bigger picture. And it will help you to understand it's a $20 book, yours for $15, on our website, saveus.org. King of the Mountain, the eternal epic and end-time battle. For he who rules the Temple Mount is deemed to rule the world. So ultimately, the battle is over the Temple Mount and over Israel. Now, that may seem strange to you, seeing that nobody's talking about Israel in the context of Afghanistan. But that isn't important. What is important is the import of Afghanistan in the greater picture. So let's try to paint that picture. First of all, in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 38 and 39, we have the famous or infamous battle of Gog and Magog. It talks about Meshach and Tubal, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal. And it talks about Persia. That's Iran. Iran, remember, is just to the west of Afghanistan. Totally Muslim, radical Muslim. It talks about Libya, another Muslim nation. Both Iran and Libya are oil and gas uh, countries. It talks about Gog and Magog, chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, which I happen to believe is talking about Russia. Russia is a major oil and gas producer. Then it talks about Gomer. Gomer, I happen to believe, is the Germanic peoples. And guess what? Russia has just entered in, and with the agreement and acceding of Joe Biden, allowing that uh, pipeline to go from Russia into Germany to feed Germany's economic maw that depends 70% on Russian oil and gas for its energy. 70%. Now you see why Germany wanted it. Why Germany fought the United States. Why Joe Biden decided, oh well, que sera, sera, whatever will be, will be. He did not see or was unwilling to see the great danger there that Donald Trump saw. So we let it go through. But at the same time, the same Joe Biden decided to cut off the pipeline coming down from Canada and to curtail American oil development on on, uh, public lands. Why did he do that? Why did he want to make us dependent on other oil? Because, friends, the purpose that Joe Biden is in office for, from a geopolitical and prophetic reason, is to diminish the power of the United States so that we can be absorbed into another power group called the New World Order. 
That's the Western world. That's not Russia. That's not China. It's not the Muslim nations. It's the Western nations that comprise the goal for the new world order or the Great Reset that is now set to be concluded by 2030, eight years from now. Therefore, America, from Joe Biden's position and those who have promoted him behind the scenes, America must be reduced in its world power. Using the word hegemony, America must be reduced. We can't be out there. We can't be in Afghanistan. We can't be anywhere because that would make it seem like we could not be willing to be absorbed into a new world order composed of France and Germany and uh, the UK and New Zealand and Australia and Canada and so on because we'd be too strong. Are you beginning to get the picture? So now we have the Western world order that is being set up that the Bible talks about in the book of Daniel. It doesn't use the one world order. It talks about the the kings of the north fighting, ultimately, the kings of the south. Who are the kings of the south? Muslims. They're not going to be absorbed into this new world order. They are creating their own world order of Islam, which they believe, under the Mahdi, their Messiah is destined to rule the world. So now we have two great parties, two uh, groups of nations that are forming. The lines, the geopolitical lines are being drawn. When we get back from this upcoming break, we're going to introduce the next group, basically the third group. And you can find all of these in the book of Revelation, the book of Daniel, and the book of Ezekiel. Hang in there, my friends. Hold your breath. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. The Muslim world is proud to have the Taliban come in and... uh, appear to uh, 
gain victory over the infamous U.S. But they cry against, you know, down with the U.S. They've been doing that for a very long time now. The Muslim world is proud about that. It's not that they like the Taliban, but it's kind of like the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And so it's uniting the Muslim world to support the Taliban. They're described, this broader Muslim world or hegemony, whatever you want to call it, is described as the Ummah. A writer in Israel National News calls it the moral bankruptcy of the Ummah. You might want to take a look at that, but we don't want to spend time because Taliban is a terrorist organization in Afghanistan. But Joe Biden is now saying, and his administration is now saying, that if you reject the vaccine, you are potentially a terrorist. Are you beginning to see the unbelievable confusion? This is the reason why America is losing its authority in the world. It's sacrificing, forfeiting its moral authority. It can't even think straight anymore. Our leaders have basically embraced a reprobate mind. They can't think straight. Everything is upside down for them. Truth is a lie. Lie is a truth. Deception is reality. Reality is deception, and so on. But let's take a look now at the third group. We've identified the first group, which is the Western world. That is the new world order that is being formed to unite the Western world, which is the resurrected Roman Empire, into a final, ultimate Roman Empire. And one of the premier leaders of that is the Pope. He sees himself as the leader. He has been calling for this new world order. And two previous popes before him, but this one, Pope Francis, by far the most. If you follow his trajectory of decisions and statements, I've read his books, I've read, uh, you know, his statements and so on, and they all reveal his open position with regard to a new world order of resurrected Roman nations. The second group is the Muslim nations. They have no interest in a Western world order. As far as they are concerned, the Western world order is corrupt and wicked. And they don't want to have anything to do with it. But they'll use our democracy in order to achieve dominion. And so they've been welcomed into the Obama administration and now the Biden administration 
to do their work behind the scenes to undo American, the American Republic by using democracy. But now we need to look at the third group. The third group, if you remember in the book of Revelation, I believe it's in chapter 16, it talks about the way of the kings of the east. It talks about the battle of Armageddon. Remember that? So what we're really doing here is setting up the stage for the ultimate apocalypse. The book of Revelation is called the apocalypse, the unveiling. And so we're unveiling some of this here today on Viewpoint so that God's people can understand. If they want to understand, they can. And you can tell your friends about it. There's nothing to keep you from telling your friends, Romans and countrymen, about this broadcast, sending them the the uh, citation and so on, urging them to listen on their podcasts and so on. Read the books. That part of it is your job. My job is to make it available. Not to win the world and not to win your friends. That's your job. Now, in the book of Revelation, it talks about the way of the kings of the east. That the Euphrates River will be dried up, making the way for the kings of the east to come and march toward Israel. That is going to be the third element of the great battle of Armageddon. Now, China is the main country in the East. This could include India. It could include some other countries in the East, but probably not Indonesia, because Indonesia is the largest Muslim country in the world. But China wants to have dominion. In fact, Xi Jinping has actually declared that China will rule the world. What was it, within 30 years? And that was about five, six years ago. So that's their goal. They're not making any bones about it. That's their goal. And by the way, they've used COVID in order to help accomplish that. Look what they've done to the Western world as a result. So you have China... And then you have Russia. Now, Russia and China have some things in common. They both have a communistic background. Both want to rule the world. Both have very strong leaders that are not intimidated by the West. Russia is one of the principal oil and gas exporters in the world. China is not. China has almost no natural resources and therefore must get its support and supplies from, guess where? The Muslim world and South America. Those are the only places they can get their oil from. And they have to have it. 
to drive not only their economy, but their military. And so they're intent on gaining dominion over oil and gas in the world. Russia has to have major oil and gas exports in order to survive. That's why they had to have this pipeline going from Russia on to Germany and the uh, Western European countries. So they have Germany over a barrel, and therefore, when you go to the book of Ezekiel, chapter 38 and 39, the Battle of Gog and Magog, you find Gomer right in the midst of it. Is that Germany? Is that the German people? Well, guess what? They have to align in some way with Russia. Otherwise, they can't survive. 70% of their energy comes from Russia. Now, what would trigger this? You see, these are the nations, these are the groups now that are aligning themselves ultimately for dominion over the entire earth. And Satan, Lucifer, is orchestrating these people in order to eventually set his leader, his king, upon the Temple Mount, God's holy hill. But God has already said, I've set my king on my holy hill, Psalm chapter 2. So the battle is, is, is uh, set. But that doesn't mean the battle isn't going to take place. It is. In Ezekiel chapter 38, we are told that the reason these nations that are mentioned will confederate together in secrecy to march on Israel is for one purpose, and that is to take a spoil. So what might that spoil be? Well, here's what it concerns me. Israel has already had massive gas discoveries over the past 8, 10 years that has changed the entire geopolitical uh, picture with regard to gas in the world. Israel used to get a lot of its gas from Egypt. Now Egypt gets gas from Israel. Israel now has enough gas not only for support of itself for the next 70 years, but enough to export to other countries. Do you think that didn't affect Russia? Do you think that didn't affect Iran? Do you think that didn't affect Egypt? Do you think that didn't affect other gas-producing countries? Oh, yeah. You think it didn't affect their economies? You bet. Now, what happens then if God, in his ultimate uh, wisdom, authority, whatever, causes a divine fracking to take place in Israel. In other words, a great tectonic shakeup called an earthquake that suddenly opens up the fissures of oil that every uh, uh, 
geologist in the petro field knows is there. They just don't know how to get to it. And all of a sudden, it's opened up. What do you think will happen with Russia and Iran and Libya and, yes, even China and Turkey that is dependent upon Russia? May I suggest to you, they will have reached the point in which they will have no more toleration for the existence of Israel. And they will come in, collectively, confederated together against Israel, to grab that spoil. Just imagine, China has no energy of its own to speak of. Russia has more than it needs for itself. Germany has almost nothing that it can rely upon except for Russia. 30% of Western Europe's oil comes from Russia. 30%. So the entire world is going to be drawn into this great conflagration. Afghanistan now, listen carefully, Afghanistan has become a trigger to reduce American power so as to facilitate the New World Order. And all three groups then, the stage is set. Hopefully you've been able to follow this line of thinking here today. This is the trajectory of biblical prophecy and history. It's moving so rapidly that it makes your head spin. The problem really is not COVID. It's whether you really know Christ. I mean, not just know his name, but have committed your life to him lock, stock, and barrel. Because if you haven't, there are going to be very troubling times ahead. Thanks for joining us here on Viewpoint today. Get a copy of the book, King of the Mountain. Uh, $15 will put it in your hands. It's on our website, saveus.org. Saveus.org. God bless. Be a blessing. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home. 